Thank you for listening to the New Life Church podcast. If you need any information about our church or if you'd like to give online, please visit us at newlifekingman.com. Hallelujah. Praise God. Look, for you guys in the back, would you turn the house lights up real quick? Turn the house lights up real quick for you. How many in this place right now you'd say by a raised hand, say, I need a miracle of God. I need him to do something. Amen. I want you to keep your hand up just for a moment, just for a moment. doesn't matter what it is. Let me tell you something. We sung that song. Trent Shea's singing it right now. Do what you want to. Let me tell you what he wants to do. He wants to meet that need. He wants to meet that need. He wants to meet your need right now. Your need right now. So let's just go before him right now. Father, in Jesus' name. Keep your hands up right now. Keep them up. Father, in Jesus' name right now. God, I pray that you touch everyone that has their hands up right now. Father, that you would bring the answer, God, whatever it is. Lord, we know from your word this is what you want, God. We know that you want to heal, you want to deliver, you want to forgive. God, you want to make a way, God. You want to save, God. You want to set free. (coughs) Father, right now, in Jesus' name, we pray, God, your spirit, God, would move in this place, God, that you would touch lives, God, right now. Right now, Father, in Jesus' name. God, begin to move, God, in this place right now, Father. Begin to move right now, Father. Lord, I say more in Jesus' name. More in Jesus' name. More in Jesus' name. More in Jesus' name. name. Holy Spirit, pour yourself out right now. And I pray right now for everyone online that's watching online. No matter what their need is, Father, I pray that you would meet that need. Lord, that you would do what you want to. Let's sing it again. Can we sing it? Let's sing it again to him right now. Hallelujah. To do whatever you want to To do whatever you want to Surrender your will I will make room for you We make room for you, Lord Do whatever you want to To do whatever you want to I will make And I will make room for you you want to to do whatever you want to and I will make room for you for you to do whatever you want to do whatever you want to and I will make room for you
Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Just stay in an atmosphere of worship right now. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Isn't God good this, e this morning? Amen. Amen. We're releasing all the teenagers. You're welcome to go. Junior high, high school, you can go. Amen. We want to take a moment and just welcome everybody that's here. We are so glad that you are worshiping God with us. Amen. We are so glad for everyone that's joining us online. We know God's doing great things in your life, and we believe that God's got a word for you today. Man, it's powerful when we walk in the presence of God. Amen. It's been my prayer for a while that we would incrementally keep stepping more and more and more into the presence of God. I have preached for 30-some years. I don't need to preach again. Jesus can do it. Amen? He can do it. He can move. He can do more in one second than I can do in eternity. Amen? And so we, we long for Holy Spirit and Jesus and Father God to move in our lives, to touch us. You know, Kathy and I, well, before I get to that, let me just, let me just start off. I'm getting way ahead of myself here. <clears throat> I just feel so excited, so I need to kind of, if you don't feel it out there, you ought to walk on stage, because it's pretty, it's pretty powerful up here right at the moment. Amen. I feel like taking my shoes off. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 So, as you could see from the screens behind me, and then as you were coming in, uh, you received one of these packets right here, one of these uh, little booklets. And for those of you that are joining us online here, let me, let me show you like that. And so I don't know if they can focus on that, but we're going to actually have this online so you can download it by tomorrow. We'll have a, a link on our website. You go to newlifekingman.com and somewhere on there, there'll be a link uh, to where you can download this uh, for you. What, what this is, is this is a, a prayer packet it's, it, that we're coming into a season. And this season, I'm calling for the church uh, to go to 21 days of prayer. Amen. So starting tomorrow will be our first day, and then we will pray all the way through till Easter. And uh, 21 days of prayer leading up to Easter, and we believe God's going to do some great things. Can you say amen? And also, our children's church are doing this. They have a prayer calendar that my wife has put together for them. So parents, you can look for that. Uh, as they bring that home, this is important. Um, and then also our youth is doing it. And so this is a church-wide uh, project or a church-wide thing that we are doing that I believe God has called us to do. Can you say amen? And so we've got in, that, in this packet, there's several things. Uh, one, there's a letter uh, from me to you just kind of explaining what this is all about. Then we have the 21 uh, uh, prayer points, and you can do a couple things. The way this is set up is you can, each day, each day of the 21 days, you can pray for one of those things, the corresponding. So day one, number one, day two, number two, that kind of thing. You can, you can pray those things, or you can just choose to pray for all 21 every day. That's, that's however you do it, however you divide that up. You, you just do that with the Lord. And then also in this packet is a uh, some suggestions on how to put together your very own uh, 
quiet time and time to seek God and how to do that. Also, there is some commentary uh, that I've written on, on how to, uh, to understand the Lord's Prayer, you know, the I Father who art in heaven, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, and, and the rest of that prayer. Then there's also, at the end of this, there is a prayer that I put in there. In, my, in the last five years of my life, I've been on this prayer journey, and God has brought some things together, and I do a lot of writing. I put things down on paper because I'm not always, it's just better that way for me. And so many times I've shared this idea with you. So this is, this is some of the topics that I pray. You don't have to pray those words, but at least gives you an idea or it gives you a direction in prayer. And so I wanted to be able to give that to you. So like I say, this will be available. There's more out in the foyer. Also, we'll have it available online so you can pick that up. And so uh, I'm going to tell you a little bit more about that as we go. So I want to read... Um, a very powerful story, and I want to tell you about the story, but I really want to tell you why we are coming into this. Kathy and I, as we were driving to church today, we uh, just saw a situation, you know, on the street as we were driving by, and Kathy had just casually said to me, she made the statement, she goes, man, we really need the power of God. We need the power of God moving. And I can tell you today, church, that there's no truer statement. We are living in some times that are becoming very interesting times. They are times that it doesn't seem like anyone has a real answer. There are times when we're beginning to wonder what's really going on. And if there's ever been a time where we need God in our lives, it's today. Can you say amen? And not only that, we need his power. One of the things that I find in my life is, is I find that oftentimes my own life, my own ability falls very short. In other words, I'm not able to pull off a lot of things. Can you say amen? But somehow when I step into the arena of God and we, I step into his presence and I step into what he is doing and where he's going, all of a sudden there is a power, a presence, an energy, a force that is beyond anything of my ability that is at work. Things begin to happen. Things begin to change. Things begin to get sorted out. Things begin to come together. And it's like they're... It's it's almost like it's unexplainable, inexplicable, and you sit back and you look at that and you go, how did that come together? That is a divine setup, amen? That's because that's evidence of the power of God at work, and that's what we need, church. That's exactly what we need. And so, this is why we decided to do this. A couple months ago, we really began to uh, talk about this, and this has been on the plate for a little while, begin to pray about this and, and talk about it, and we really felt like what we needed to do is to come and draw our church into a place of prayer. Can you say amen? So if you have your Bibles, turn over to Second Chronicles, Second Chronicles chapter 20. If you have your Bibles, great. If not, it'll be on the screen. Second Chronicles chapter 20, starting in verse 1 in the New King James Version. It says this, it happened after that the people of Moab with the people of Ammon and others with them besides the Ammonites came to battle against Jehoshaphat. Then some came and told Jehoshaphat saying, a great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea, from Syria. And they are in Hazaron, Tamar, which is in Gedi. And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judea. So Judea gathered together to ask help from the Lord. And from all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. Now this is powerful. 
Because there's something very critical happening. I'm going to give you some background. So in this story, God did, the end of it is God did an awesome miracle. This was a setup from heaven. This is where one of those times that Jerusalem and the children of Israel and all those that were God's people were completely, overwhelmingly outnumbered. This was beyond their ability to solve this problem. A king from Syria, a vicious, wicked, horrific king by the name of Sennacherib had risen up, and this is a guy that had a vast army with modern equipment and that could seemingly walk through nations without even a a, a resistance. And people and nations were falling left and right, and finally they end up, they've encircled Jerusalem, and now the fight is on. In fact, it was so bad, it was so tormenting, that what uh, Sennacherib does is he He writes a letter in the Hebrew tongue, and he has one of his servants go to the walls of Jerusalem where everybody is standing and watching, and he has them read this letter that says, you know what, this is what we're going to do to you tomorrow. He tormented them. He took, and he would torment and play with his prey, and they read it in the Hebrew tongue, and finally, a servant of the king came out and said, please, read this in another language. It's scaring the people, and he goes, that's exactly what we want to do. We want to freak you out before we take you out. (laughs) This is a powerful thing. And so what does the Bible say they did? The Bible says Jehoshaphat called a prayer meeting. What did he do? He puts out word across all of Judea, and he says, we need to seek the Lord. And he set himself, I love this phrase, he set himself to seek the Lord and proclaim a fast throughout all Judea. In other words, he was determined. This was not just in passing. How many know we, I've done it, I, I don't know about you, Some, somebody has come to me and they say, hey pastor, I need prayer, you know, I need this, I need that, and so yeah, not a problem, I'll pray for you, and then somewhere along the line, next couple hours, I go, oh man, I should pray for him, and I'm driving down the road and say, oh, you know, God, just, you know, pray for Jason, God, I pray God that you'd keep him out of trouble, and you know, blah, blah, blah. Did my duty, and on I went. This is not that. This is him saying, you know what, I need to set myself. I'm going to put myself in a spot and I'm going to set myself to seek God. In other words, I'm going to find him. In other words, I'm not leaving this spot until he shows up. I am not stopping until he speaks or moves or does something. I'm setting myself to seek the Lord. And I believe that we're in a place in life, not only as a church but as a nation in the world, that the people of God need to start setting themselves to seek the Lord. We need to set ourselves to seek God, to see what he says. What does he want? What does he want us to do? Where does he want us to go? How does he want us to respond? See, one of the fundamental cornerstones of our belief system here at New Life Church is prayer. And we are setting our hearts to be a people of prayer. Can you say amen? Amen. That's why prayer is so important. It's because it is a heart issue. It is because it's what connects us in relationship to our Father in heaven. Can you say amen? amen? I believe that in the heart of every Christian, there should be a rallying cry of pray first in every situation whether good or bad, 
We need to have the motto, we pray before we act. Too often, I think what happens is we act, and then we go, well, that didn't work. And then we come into prayer. God says, no, no, what I want you to do is I want you to pray before you act. I want you to seek me first. Now listen to what I'm saying. I, 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 have, to, I have to actually make a confession here. Uh, last week, I made a statement in my sermon, and I, I, it was brought to my attention, and I may have made a statement that people may have misunderstood. One of the things that I said in my sermon last week is I, because we talked about the promises of God last week. Do you remember that? Yeah. And I made a statement in there that I, I said this, that the promises of God or the realization of the promises of God in our life is linked to our maturity. And so somebody had brought that to my attention and said, are you saying that only mature people can realize or have the promises of God? Absolutely not. I believe the promises of God are available to the newest baby Christian. Amen. I believe the promises of God are available. What I was trying to communicate is that as we grow and mature in him, it is released more and more and deeper and deeper understanding and, and deeper and deeper uh, manifestation of those promises as we grow and are able to carry them. Can you say amen? So that in this process of maturing, we bring ourselves closer and closer. So let me tell you what I'm talking about. For, so let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. So when you are a new Christian, when you are a baby Christian, one of the things that you don't realize, a lot of people don't realize, is they don't understand the power of their words. They don't. They don't understand that the power of life and death are in their tongue. They don't understand that we are justified or condemned by the words of our mouth. We don't understand that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so all our life prior to salvation, we have always spoken the very first thing that comes to our head. And oftentimes, that is an emotional response that's based in falsehood. It's based in what we can see or what we understand when we don't have all the information. And so what happens as an immature Christian, because we do that, we can hinder the manifestation of the promise in our life because we are literally shooting holes in it with our own words. It doesn't mean that it's not available. It doesn't mean that it won't work in your life. It means that you have to learn some things and grow in it so that you can realize it. Well, the same thing is true about prayer. See, oftentimes I'm confronted with uh, new believers that come to me and they say things like this to me. They say, I don't know how to pray. So I can't pray, pray like you. You're not supposed to pray like me. You're supposed to pray like you. Let me ask a question. Please do not answer. Do you know how to talk? Of course. Yeah. It's, it's, it, it doesn't matter. You know how to talk. If you know how to talk, then you know how to pray. You say, what do you mean by that? See, the religious world has convinced us that prayer is about this uh, religious uh, um, um, uh, uh, ceremonial thing of, oh, mighty God, holier than thou, please don't kill me today. No, it's prayer is about the heart of a child of God reaching out to the heart of God. 
that says, I want to connect with you. And Father, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to think. I don't know what to do. But I know you are good. You are always good. Even in the midst of your correction, even in the midst of what you're doing in my life, though I may not understand it, you are a good God. And what I need from you, Father, is I need you. I need you, Daddy. I need you. I'm scared. I don't know what to do. I feel overwhelmed, I feel burdened, I feel, I feel frustrated, I feel angry, I, I feel compelled in areas that I know are wrong but I can't seem to stop. It's like, I, it's like these temptations have their own gravity and I'm in a gravity well and I can't pull out but God, please help me. That's prayer. That's what he's talking about. See, there's times when we come into a place in our life where it feels like we are surrounded Sennacherib has risen up again, and he's going to be vicious and hard. And we wonder, am I going to make it through this? And God says, cry out to me. And if you know the rest of the story, God set up ambushments for them. And when the children of Israel went out to see where the enemy was, 180-some thousand of them were dead. One angel, I believe it was, I could be having stories mixed here, but the reality is, is that God took care of them. He said, put up your worshipers first. In other words, you're going to go to battle, but the battle is mine, says the Lord. And I'm going to fight this one. You just, just it's kind of like being on the playground when you got a really big brother. You know, you're, here you are, little four-year-old, and you know, little, you're, you're there, and little Timmy, the bully, he comes, if your name is Tim, I'm sorry. <laughs> Bubba, I'm probably safe with that. Bubba the bully comes up and he's pushing you around. And you're thinking, dear God, he's, he's six foot tall. I remember I, I was telling somebody the other day, I got in a fight when I was in seventh grade. In seventh grade, this kid comes in. I remember his name, and, and if you're listening, I apologize, but his, his name is Dave, David Steinmetz. And David in the seventh grade was six foot one. This is a big kid. I think there was a growth problem, or I think, I, I don't know, I think there was a, something going wrong. He comes, into the, he comes into the English class. I was in English, I was sitting there at my table, and he comes in, and there's my books, and he just whips my books on the floor. And I stood up, all four foot of me. And I looked up at him, I'll see you on the playground. And he went, okay. <laughs> We get out to the playground, and he, he's, look at, this is what happens. He's walking like this, walks up, I'm right here, and he goes, bam, right here, in the, right there, right on that bone. See that bone right there, there's a button. It's got like a spring in your head, and it causes your head to spin on its axis. <laughs> About knocked me out. You know what? I didn't go down, though. Didn't go down. But I was dizzy for the next week. Just as he hit me, he hit me hard enough, so my head turned, and lo and behold, my dad's coming around the corner. My dad didn't see it, but I knew that was my exit strategy. And I took off, and I got in the car, and, drove, and he drove me away. But you know what? You're on that playground just like that. And here's this big bully. And then all of a sudden, your big brother shows up. He goes, John, step aside just a second. I got a bone to pick with you. 
And all of a sudden, Bully Bubba, or Bubba Bully, whatever his name is, just begins to shrink in the presence of your big brother. See, that's God. God, see, God loves to do that. You you know why sometimes it seems like your prayers don't get answered? It's because God wants to show off right at the right moment. Just when you think the fire is seven times hotter, people are dying when they open the furnace. They're throwing you in and Jesus goes, I'm gonna be in there with you. And the only thing that's gonna burn off is what's binding you up. And you know what, it's gonna be amazing. And they're gonna look in and they're gonna go, weren't there three that we threw in? How come there's four? And the fourth one looks like the son of God. And they go, hey, you guys, come out of there. What's going on? And they said, we told you we ain't bowing down to you because we serve a living God. That's, see, that's the heart of prayer. That's getting a hold of it. But there's got to be something on the inside of us that says, you know what, I want to pray. But let me tell you something. The enemy, the enemy of our soul wants to fight this. What he wants to do is he wants to tell you, you can't do this. He ain't listening to you. The Bible says that his ear is turned to your voice. The Bible says that he's listening for his children. His eye is watching, his ear is listening. That's Bible, church. He is aware of everything that's going on in your life. And what he wants is for us to cry out to him. See, God decided a long time ago that there would be nothing happening except an answer to prayer. Because he used the system of prayer as on-the-job training to teach us how to enforce and to work within the victory that was already purchased for us. To bring that about through his method. But see, the enemy fights that. And he wants to say, you can't make any difference in that. So what happens is we end up having a very spotty, inconsistent prayer life. You know, I, I, I will tell you stories out of my prayer life You know, we started this thing, uh, Kathy and I, several years back now, where every day we pray together, her and I together. I've told you this story before. You know that that I have, uh, that we do communion together. We take that. We're very serious about this. This is not flippant, but we remember the sacrifice of our Lord and Savior. We remember that his blood was shed and that because of that blood that's being shed, we can declare victory because that blood was shed for us. His body was broken for me so I could be healed and so that you could be healed, that we could walk in divine life, divine health, and divine salvation and divine healing. We know that, and so we begin to do this as a habit. In that prayer, we pray for our children and our grandchildren. And I've written out certain things, and, and it changes from time to time because God will speak to me. Okay, you're done praying about that. Pray about this. And I'll rewrite the prayer. But while Courtney was pregnant, we began to pray because the moment we knew that Courtney was pregnant, we knew, we knew that this baby was coming. And they, had, they knew. They had picked the name. So we knew his name was Wyatt. And so we began to pray and lift up. We said... Courtney will have a normal full-term pregnancy without complication and a very healthy baby. That was what we prayed for. Well, towards the end, it seemed to get complicated. 
All of a sudden, there was complications and things were happening and it seemed really scary and they had to life flight her to uh, Phoenix and to go to the hospital there and she was in the hospital several days and little Wyatt was born and he had a great big dent in his head and it had a couple holes in his heart and his kidneys weren't functioning right. And we're saying, you know what, that's not what we prayed for. And I called up Courtney and I said, Courtney, don't you worry. And she said, why? And I said, because... Because Kathy and I have been praying every day for this baby. This baby is fine. So the neurosurgeon comes in and goes, not a problem. I take care of these dents all the time. They cut the, cut the scalp, pulled the thing out. I don't know. It's kind of like put some Bondo. and I, I don't know what. It's like, remove it. it's like removing a dent out of a door. Mm. Pop the dent out. They checked his brain, no brain damage, no problem. Put that back on. They, they looked at his heart and said, well, he's doing fine. Kidneys were fine. Then they went back for the first well baby checkup. They went down to Phoenix. No holes in the heart anymore. And now he is the bright-eyed, happy, uh, full-of-life little baby that is completely healthy. Why? Why? Because we prayed every day. Then they got the bill. What was it, 308000 308000 to take a dent out of a little kid's head. Huh. A little bit of... We could have done that right in the garage. So what did we do? We said, God, you have more money than Carter's got pills. And this ain't nothing. And today, how much do you owe? About 3,000. He's not good at testifying, I am. Why? Because we prayed. We prayed. We believed God. And you know what, church? Sometimes we just get into that place where the devil convinces us, God ain't listening. He's listening every second of the day. He's listening. He wants us to pray. Why? Because prayer changes things. It changes everything. And so church, when we come into where we're going, I don't know what to do. I know right now, if I were to walk through this room right now and just begin to take inventory of your life, there are things that are completely out of your control that you don't even know what you're going to do. I'm telling you, they're not out of God's control. They are not beyond his ability to solve. He is very able, and he wants to. He wants to. But what he's waiting for is will you step into that arena of prayer? Will you begin to partner with him? Will you get a hold of him? Why? Because it's about relationship. It's about connection. This is the thing that has amazed me in the last several years, is, is the thing is I hear the knock on the door. I hear Jesus saying, I want to come in. I hear Jesus saying, I want to come in and I want to fellowship with you. I want to, I want to know you. I want to talk to you. And that sounds so strange. It's because, well, that's God. And he already knows me. No, he wants to have an intimate relationship. And more importantly, he wants me to know him. He wants me to step into that arena. <clears throat> and there's times when I don't think I can do it. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. And sometimes I just stay silent but he's there. 
And in those moments, I feel his presence. And he begins to move on me. And he begins to touch me. There are times I don't feel his presence. But then inexplicably, sometime down the road, in, in the next day or two, or the next hour or two, all of a sudden there's a revelation dropped into my spirit. There's a scripture that God gives me right at the right time, at the right moment. Because why? I opened the door. I sowed a seed. Church, I know that there's many of you that are struggling with things. You're struggling with finances. You're struggling in relationships. You're struggling with habits and sins that don't seem to want to go away. You're struggling with relationships with children that seem to want to go wayward. Some of you have adult children that aren't living for God, and thereby your, their, your grandchildren aren't living for God, and you're wondering, dear, dear Lord, what's going to happen? You have so much power in prayer. Kathy and I, when we, when we pray, we declare. We declare things. We, we command it to be so. And it's so. It's done. I'm not saying that that eliminates all the discouragement. It doesn't. There are moments where I'm discouraged. There's moments when I'm overwhelmed. There's moments when I feel defeated. But I come back to the fact that, you know what, God, I've prayed about this. I've talked to you about this. And you are good and faithful. And, Lord, you've made a way for me. You made a way for me. And the reason that we're doing this today, the reason that we came to this is because somewhere along the line, church, we need to get a hold of God. We need him. We need him for our church. We need him to raise up things in this church. But we need him for this city. We need salvation to move through this city. We need Jesus to touch people's lives. We need the power of God. We need it. We need it. We need it in the world. You know, I remember, many of you will remember, do you remember when President Reagan, he was in office, and he says, Mr. Gorbachev, take this wall down. I remember the first time I heard that, I thought, I was just a teenager, I thought, that ain't never going to happen. But I think there were people that were praying. And you know what? That wall came down. We look over into the, the, the Europe now and we see what's going on in Ukraine and, and, and with Russia. And, you know, we hear things like nuclear weapons and we hear things like uh, chemical weapons. And we, you know, I, it's funny because you watch some of the videos that go on, on, on uh, uh, social media and now you, you see these videos that say, this is how you survive a nuclear blast. There's never been a time in my life ever that we had to survive a nuclear blast. It was just before I went to school, my, my dad would tell me about how that uh, um, in, in school, he was already out of school, but it was happening in schools, that they, would, they trained the kids how, to, in the Cold War, how to survive a, a nuclear blast. And it really was just a placebo. Sitting under, getting under a desk and holding your head in your lap, probably ain't going to do much with a nuclear bomb. But now we're talking about it again. And you know what? We look to the end times and we look to the word and we say, is this it? Are these the days that you were talking about, Lord? We don't know. We think it is. We, we think, well, maybe we got it this time. But who knows? We don't know. But the reality is God's afoot. God's at work. 
God's doing something. Can he protect us? Can he keep us? Can we stop what's going on over there? Can we change our city? Can we change our church? Can we change our family? Can we change our lives? Yes, through prayer. We can do it. God will answer our prayer. He wants to. He needs you to pray. So what we're doing is we establish this 21 days of prayer. And so tomorrow is on Monday. Every Monday we have a prayer meeting at this church. Right here we gather. There's a, a small group of about anywhere from 10 to 14 people that gather. We gather every Monday at 6.30 and we pray. Well, for the next three Mondays, we're opening it up to the whole church. Everyone is welcome. You're always welcome. Everyone is welcome. It's not by invitation only. But we're opening it up and we're asking you to come. And we'll probably do something a little different. We don't know, but we're going to come. And the point is we're going to pray as a body. And we're going to begin to believe God. We're going to believe God for revival. We're going to believe God that he's going to save lives and change people. We're going to believe God that the power of God's going to be poured out, that the demoniac is going to be healed again. We believe God that the, 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 the addict is going to be delivered. The alcoholic will be set free. Blind eyes open, deaf ears open. The dead will raise. The word of God will come to pass. We believe that. We believe that blessing will be poured out. Then no matter how high gas gets, we'll always have more than enough. Because you know what? God is a God of more than enough. We are not dependent on a government. We are dependent and wholly, wholly dependent upon our God in heaven. And he has more than enough. And that we're not going to be afraid of a pandemic or a virus. That we walk in health and life and wholeness. And that he keeps us and he holds us in his right hand. And he lifts us up. And that we can walk in that victory and we can walk in that dynamic. Why? Because we're praying. We're praying. I didn't even get past the first verse in the introduction. God had something else to say, I guess. But I want to encourage you every day. The key in this scripture that we had, set yourself I have people all the time say to me, I don't know how to do that. Yeah, you do. It's not complicated. Back in the day, we used to set VCRs. Now we set our DVR. Or we set down to watch live streaming. In other words, what it is, it's deliberate. I don't know what you watch on TV. I don't really even care. But you know how to set yourself. You know how. Nobody has ever had to say to me, John, you need to have dinner. <laughs> Never in my life have I ever had anybody come to me and say, I'm really concerned about you. I, I, I think you're just a little haphazard and you just don't know how to have a consistent dinner. The fruit of my consistency is evident. Andy got it. The point is we do this all the time with all kinds of things. It's making a decision that says, you know what, today I'm going to get up and I'm going to pray. Yeah. Yeah. Or, you know what, at lunch I'm going to pray. Right. 
Or before I go to bed, I'm just, I, what I'm going to do is I'm going to shut the TV off 15 minutes early and I'm just going to set myself to talk to God. Write some things down. I find it helpful because in the moment when you're trying to learn how to do this, it's, I, I find that oftentimes the, that's the thing that discourages us. We, we, it's like, well, I don't know what to say. Well, write a couple things down throughout the day. What, what are those things that just grab your attention? Well, I, I need to pray for my grandkids. Write it down. Write their names out. Well, I need to pray for my aunt or my uncle. Write their name down. I need to pray for whatever, whatever it might be. Write it down and then just say, you know what, God, I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray. I'm going to seek you. And allow that to build in your life and let him change you. Can you say amen? amen. I'm going to ask Jason to come if he would. And I want to challenge you to 21 days of prayer. We have, we've, we've provided the prayer points. There are more of these in the foyer if you didn't get one. There's also just the points, just the 21 points if you want just that. But I want to challenge you that the next 21 days, make a point to pray. Pray about these things. Say, God, you know what? I'm, I'm going to seek you. We're also challenging people, and this is a little bit different. Our emphasis is not on this, but I want to say to you that if in this time you would like to fast, we'd ask you to get a hold of God and say, God, what would you like me to do? Fasting is basically just setting something aside, like a meal or, or maybe a, 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 a couple days of eating and saying, God, you know what I'm going to do is I'm going to set this aside. And during that time I would be doing this, I'm going to be praying. It's interesting. Let me, let me just, can I share one thing with you about the whole thing about fasting? You know, a lot of times people struggle with discipline and they struggle with self-control. Because we don't live in a society today that promotes self-control and discipline. We live in a society today that values what feels good, do it. And so it comes to us very naturally just to kind of be all over the place. And so we come up with things like trying to overcome habits or trying to get things done in our life or make big changes. We say, well, I've tried and it didn't work. Let me say this to you, stop trying, start training. See, the reason that a lot of people can't get over what they want is because they've never told their flesh no. And so what happens is they just allow their flesh to be in control. And so whatever the flesh says, go for it. But what fast, fasting does, it's saying I'm putting my flesh second. I'm not letting my flesh be in control. I'm letting my spirit be in control. And so what you do then is you train yourself to say no to the flesh and yes to God. That's what fasting helps us with. And so you can fast a meal, you can fast a day, you could do a water fast or a partial fast. Maybe, maybe you'll do a fast that says, look, I'm, I'm, you know, my, here's my favorite food, I always eat this, but I'm not going to do it for these days or this period of time. Don't, don't go, don't, if you don't like Brussels sprouts and you go, oh, I'm, a, I'm a fast Brussels sprout. <laughs> Not fair. Or a lot of people, what's very, very popular and very effective is people will say, well, you know, it's not convenient for me to do that, but it is, I can fast social media or I can fast TV or something I really enjoy. I'm going to give that time to God. I'm going to say no to that so I could say yes to God. And I, I'm not going to prescribe what you should do there. I am going to say I want you praying, but if you'd like to fast, 
You, you do that between you and God and try that out. I encourage all of you to try it at some level to bring that into your life. And let's see what God will do. Can you say amen? Amen. Why don't you bow your heads with me for a moment? Father, we thank you, God, so much. We thank you, God, for all that you're doing in our lives. And we thank you, Jesus, that you have made a way for us and that you've given us this awesome privilege of prayer. We pray, God, that you would help us, that you would encourage us. Father, in this season of 21 days of prayer, we pray, God, that you would use our lives, that as we press into you, God, through prayer, that, God, that you would pour out your spirit in our lives. God, that you would make a way where there seems to be no way, that lives would be changed, prayers would be answered. God, and you would get the glory. We will give you the glory. And Father, we thank you, Jesus, and we give you glory. I wonder as every head is bowed, every eye is closed, if you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, but you'd love to give your life to Jesus. If that's you, would you lift up your hand all across this place? Amen. I see that hand. Someone else, you can put it down. Someone else. Amen. Praise God. Amen. I want to pray this prayer. Would you pray this with me? Say, Lord Jesus, I ask you to come into my life and to forgive me of my sins to be my Lord and my Savior. I give you my life and I surrender to you in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to ask real quick as we remain seated, I'm going to ask uh, my ministry team to come up front. The reason we have them come up is for the purpose of prayer so that they can pray for you, whether that be healing or salvation or any other need that you may have. They, they, they will contend with you. They will believe God with you in prayer. And so we want you to come up if you have a need of any kind as we're leaving. Just come on up, take that, that moment and, and say, will you pray for me? If you gave your life to Jesus today, you rededicated your life or you gave your life to Jesus, come up here and, and just let one of these know and they'll pray with you and they'll, they'll, they'll tell you what's next, what you need to do. And remember, remember folks, as you're leaving, next week we are beginning our New Life 101, which is our new believers class. So if, this, if you gave your life to Jesus, sign up in the foyer as you're leaving and come to that class. New Life 201. If you're new to our church right now and you say, I'd like to know what you guys believe, well, this is the one-time only class you get to know. It's on Sunday, next Sunday at 9 a.m. Uh, in the classrooms out back, uh, classroom 4 and 5. Uh, 201, New Life 201 will be in classroom uh, uh, 5 and uh, 101. Uh, will be in classroom four. And so we want to encourage you with that, okay? And remember, let's, let's pray. Let's pray this week. And remember, tomorrow we have prayer meeting at 6.30 right here in the sanctuary. Let's stand to our feet. We're going to release you, let you guys go. You guys have a great and wonderful day. We love you. Have a blessed Sunday. Thank you for listening to the New Life Kingman podcast. Can't wait to see you next week.